This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, here's the deal. I get one question a lot. And so I get a lot of different questions from you guys. A lot of them are the same. There's some unique ones as well. But I get a question that is incredibly, incredibly important. And I've talked to different guys about it in different types of ways. I've responded to emails on Instagram, people that have come to see me in person. But it's something that's come up so often that I'm a little bit embarrassed that I haven't talked about it on the podcast up to this point because of how important it is and also just because of how often it comes up. But it's this question. How do I find a group of guys to go through life with? So the question will come in a few different types of ways, but that's essentially the gist of it is how do I find that group of guys to go through life with, right? So if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you obviously have gotten a lot of exposure to the group of guys that I would call my foxhole, right? And we'll get more into that here in just a second. But I talk about my group of guys that gets together on Sunday nights and does jujitsu and reads books and all that type of thing. And it's an open invite to anybody that would want to come. Uh, it's the Forge in Edmond, Oklahoma, uh, which is just outside of Oklahoma City. We do it every Sunday at seven o'clock. But I've heard a lot of guys like, well, you know, I want something like that, but I don't really have that. So, so how do I get that, right? And so. I think the best way to tackle this is I'm going to kind of give you an overall concept of, okay, what is a foxhole? Because that's what I call it. Some people call it a band of brothers. Some people call it something else, but it's what I call it as a foxhole, right? And I'm going to kind of go over like, what types of guys should you have in your foxhole? I'll talk about my foxhole. Like who are the guys that you should avoid? Like that type of thing. But the very first thing is just kind of the overall concept of a foxhole. And so for me, when I think about a foxhole, I think about those are the guys that are with you when you look to your left and to your right. I know that's an oversimplification of what I mean, uh, probably, but ultimately it's, it's the people that are around you. It's the guys that are around you that are going to be there for you. If something goes wrong, if something goes right, that's your foxhole, right? So for a lot of you guys, you look to your left and to your right and you see some guys in your foxhole and you don't really like them, right? You, you don't really want them to be there. And I understand that. And we'll talk a little bit more about how you can kind of expel some of those people before too long. But again, when you look to your left and to your right, you would prefer for the men in your foxhole to be choices of yours. You would prefer to look to your left and your right and to see guys that you chose to be there. Now, invariably, there's going to be a lot of guys that end up in your foxhole that you didn't choose. But then you get to evaluate whether or not that's a positive thing or a negative thing. Because there's a lot of guys that have ended up in my foxhole that I may not have chosen, but I'm so unbelievably glad that they're there. And then there are guys that are in my foxhole that I just, eh, you're just kind of whatever. But again, it's the guys that are with you all the time. And and I don't mean that even literally, like they're not like following you around your house, but it's, it's those people that are constantly in life doing life with you. So when you talk about your foxhole, you obviously talk about what I call a foxhole guy. So this is a guy that is actually in your foxhole. 
And so again, some of these people are there by choice. Some of these people are there that with no choice whatsoever. Some people are there just because of convenience, whatever the situation may be. But this is the type of guy that you want to be around you, right? So if you get to choose, you want it to be a guy that meets some of the elements of what a foxhole guy is, right? And so what I want to kind of give you an idea of right now is, okay, how do you identify a foxhole guy? right? So someone that you want to be doing life with you. And then we'll also talk about what a foxhole guy is not, right? Some some things you should look for that you should probably avoid in, in kind of putting people into your foxhole, okay? So the first thing is a guy that you see often. So this might seem a little bit ridiculous to talk about how often you see somebody, but I, I've talked to a lot of different guys and I kind of, you know, just, I'm naturally curious. And so I asked them, Hey, w- tell me about your best friends. Tell me about the, the guys that are in your foxhole after we kind of talk about that concept a little bit. And a lot of times it's actually embarrassingly. A lot of times I get guys that'll describe other dudes that they don't see very much. So this is a, you know, a, a great college friend that once a year, right, they get together and, you know, maybe it's around the masters or maybe it's around, you know, opening day for baseball or it's around hunting season or something like that. And that's the guy, that's the guy that they talk about, or that's the group of guys that they talk about, but that's not really a foxhole guy because a guy that you don't see that often doesn't have that big of an impact on you overall because they're just not there. So of all the things that we talk about, that's probably the simplest one. It's, it's gotta be a guy that you see often. Now don't misunderstand me. That doesn't mean someone that you don't see very much isn't an important person to you, right? I mean, for some of you, the best man in your wedding, you might not see them every, but every few months, maybe you've only seen them a few times, you know, in the last several years, but that doesn't mean that they're not important. And it doesn't mean you can't love them, but it does mean that they're not in your foxhole with you. I mean, kind of think about it as a literal foxhole. If there's a guy that is a really, really good buddy of yours, maybe he's a really, really good soldier, but he's not to your right in a phalanx, then you're not really, you're not really getting covered by that guy. You're getting covered by somebody else. Okay. So that's kind of the first element of a, Hey, how do you identify a foxhole guy? You got to see him often. The second thing is the guy has to be available. It's a guy that is available right? This kind of dovetails into the last one that you have to be able to see them often, but you have a lot of guys that are, you know, they meet some of the other elements that we're going to talk about here in just a second of kind of what a foxhole guy is. But if they're not available, then they're not in your foxhole. If this is a guy that is constantly working or a guy that is constantly doing honeydews or a guy that is constantly doing this or constantly on vacation or constantly traveling for work or whatever the situation might be, they're probably not a foxhole guy because they're not available. And then you have guys that aren't nearly as exotic. They're not going off doing a bunch of things. They're just would rather sit at home by themselves. You know, that that's kind of a little bit of an element of somebody that maybe has more of an intro, you know, kind of an introspective personality, maybe a little bit more of an introvert, but at the same time, introvert, extrovert, that only tells me how you charge your batteries. Some people charge their batteries in a group full of strangers. Some people charge their batteries at home by themselves on the couch. Right. But if a guy is always unavailable, they're not in your foxhole. And I know as soon as I said that, some of you thought of a dude that's, man, I really like that guy. The dude just is never available. He's just not a foxhole guy. Okay. So the third thing is, is a guy that you've watched make improvements in their life. And that's very important that you've watched make improvements in their lives. Some guys have made improvements and made changes in their lives, but you weren't there for them. Okay. So maybe they lost a bunch of weight because they let themselves go over a long period of time. Maybe they've developed their business and sold it. Maybe they've uh, made some tremendous strides with their marriage, like whatever the situation may be. But I'm talking about guys that you've literally watched go through it. 
you watch them go through the the pain and agony of you know a marriage that was on a brink and come out on the other side. You've watched them struggle to make payroll, but just find a way to get it done and take care of their employees. Like someone that you've actually watched. That is a great foxhole guy because you get a really good idea of what their resilience is, right? You've watched them go from one way to another way. You watch them go from one form of themselves to another form of themselves. Okay, so that's the third one. The fourth one is this. It's a guy that seems to always be striving. Always striving. So this is somebody that's desperately trying to get better right? Maybe they're, they're reading more books because someone challenged them to read more books. Maybe they realize, man, I, you know, I'm in good shape, but I want to be in elite level shape to do this particular race or, or this particular physical thing, right? They're always striving, man. I I really want to read the Bible uh, this year, but I really want it to mean something. So I'm not going to read the entire Bible. I'm just going to read, you know, uh, you know, a Psalm a day, and then I'm going to do this book of the Bible and I'm going to do a deep dive and, you know, just something, maybe, maybe it's something like that right? But they're always striving. They're always trying to get better. That's, that's a great guy to have in your foxhole. The fifth thing that you should look for in identifying a foxhole guy is this, a guy that quickly identifies mistakes he has made and moves to remedy them. This is basically the anti-stick in the mud, right? This is the guy that has enough humility to realize, oh, crap, I really shouldn't have done that. You know, I really shouldn't have said that. I really shouldn't have gone there. I really shouldn't have looked at that. I really shouldn't have, you know, really went there with that person. And they identify it and they make that change. They make that change as quickly as possible. This isn't the person that basically holds on to something for several years and then when it's not important anymore and when nobody really cares, then apologizes. Yeah, I really shouldn't have done that. No, no, no. It's the person that can identify and have the humility to be to be able to make uh, make the changes necessary to make the situation right. That's a great guy to have in your foxhole. The sixth way to identify a good foxhole guy is a guy that doesn't mind confronting you or others. Now, this is going to attack some of you like directly. This is going to hit some of you right in your core because a lot of you have a pride thing, as do I, a major pride thing. We don't like to be told that we're wrong because we don't think that we're wrong very often, right? So if you're constantly surrounded by guys and yet they're not confronting you when you've done things incorrectly, that's a problem. You need guys like that to confront you. I've talked about different times on this this podcast. I've talked about guys that have come up to me literally right after I said or did something that was wrong. Like you want a guy that if you say something off color or biting to your wife at dinner, I've used this example before. You want a guy that's going to snatch you up by your shirt and say, bro, I know you don't mean that. I know you didn't mean it the way that it was, but you're not going to talk that way to your wife. You're not going to do that right? And if you're not going to stand up for, I will. You want someone that's going to be able to do those types of things. And guys confront people in different ways. Some guys are physical confrontation type people. And I don't mean they're going to beat you up. I mean, they might get in your face. They might actually put hands on you a little bit and try to like snap you loose from whatever stupid thing you were thinking. And other people are a little bit more cerebral. They're going to bring it down a bit. They're going to talk to you. They're going to make eye contact. And they're going to ask you questions about why you acted in a certain way, why you said a certain thing. You need guys like that. And the last element here is a guy that voraciously loves their woman, voraciously loves their woman, right? And so again, I say, I say it like that because some guys have girlfriends, some guys have wives, some guys are single, but if they are with a woman, if they love them voraciously, you want those guys around you, right? You, You want the guy that is going after the heart of his wife. You want the guy that is making time for date night. You want the guy that tells his kids, Hey, guess what? If you were drowning and your mom is drowning at the same time, I'm going to jump in, save your mom and probably take time to dry her off before I jump back in and save you. 
right? You want the guy that is doing that. And there's not, you know, that's kind of a ridiculous example, but at the same time, it's like, it's true. Like when the kids are gone, our woman should still be there, right? We should still be there. And so again, the seven ways to kind of help you guys identify what a good foxhole guy would be are these, a guy that you see often, a guy that is available, a guy that you've watched make improvements in their life, a guy that seems to always be striving, a guy that quickly identifies mistakes he has made and moves to remedy them, a guy that doesn't mind confronting you or others, and a guy that voraciously loves their woman. All right. Now, obviously, if we talk about what a foxhole guy is, we also need to talk about what a foxhole guy is not. Okay. Now this first one is going to be a little bit offensive to some of you, right? If you got kids listening to this, maybe earmuffs. Some of you don't like this word, but it's probably the most appropriate word because with the previous ones, the elements of what makes a good foxhole guy, those are not in any particular order, one through seven, right? So, so don't rank them that way. Now I'm about to give you seven ways or seven things that a foxhole guy is not two through seven are not in any particular order. The first one is at the top for a reason. So prepare yourselves. You've been fairly warned. A foxhole guy is not a pussy. And guys, you know what I'm talking about. The guy that is constantly not measuring up. A guy that is just a wuss in every way, shape, and form. And it's almost weird that I have to like elucidate what this means, what this word means. But you know it when you see it, right? And if you don't see it in other people, perhaps it's because you're the one, right? You don't want a pussy in your foxhole. You don't want a guy that when things start going rough, they're going to be the ones hiding down in the bottom. Okay. One of my favorite stories that my stepdad told me, uh, cause he was, uh, he fought in desert storm and he was in one of the tank divisions that was actually going down towards the palaces that were actually going to go take out the enemy whenever they were called back by, by Clinton and all those different things. But the guys that he told me about from boot, from boot camp, those were the guys that were like super excited to get over there. Like, Oh, I want to kill people, man. I can't wait to kill all these towel heads. Like, just get me over there, man. I'm just going to take them out. Those guys, those were the guys when bullets started flying at them, they were the ones that were hiding in the bottom of the tank, peeing their pants. Right. So my stepdad is up on top of this tank, you know, basically fighting off the enemy by himself because the guys that were with him were pussies. You don't want guys like that in your foxhole. Because here's the thing about some of those guys. Some of those guys you can identify right now. They are that way. Some guys you can't identify. And you won't be able to identify them as that until you see them really in the fire. So I'm sure that my stepdad didn't really know at the moment that those guys were going to be that way until they got into battle, which is a terrible time to realize that those guys are going to act that way. So you don't want those guys around you. Okay. So you don't want a pussy in your foxhole. The second is you don't want a complainer. A foxhole guy is not a complainer. And we've all seen those guys that no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the context, they're going to complain. They're going to complain about what the world has done to them. They're going to complain about their place in it. They're going to complain about what time everyone's going to show up. They're going to complain about what time everyone leaves. They're going to complain about what restaurant we're going to. They're going to complain about what workout we're going to be doing tonight. They're going to complain about what book we're going to be reading or not reading. They're going to complain about everything. It's almost like it's in their DNA. Now, all of us have preferences, right? But it's how you express them that makes you a complainer or a non-complainer. All the things that I just listed, I have preferences on. I have preferences on where I'd like to go to eat, where I'd like to go to vacation, what movie I'd like to watch, what book I'd like to read, all those different things. But guess what? If the group doesn't want to go that direction, suck it up. Who cares? You don't want complainers in your foxhole. The third thing is you don't want excuse makers in your foxhole. 
That's not what a foxhole guy is, a guy that's always making excuses. So this kind of goes back to earlier when I was talking about, you know, people being available. But this is a person that, oh man, you know, I'd really like to work out on Sundays, but man, that's just such a, it's such an important time for my family. I mean, I did play golf three times this week and I did two fantasy football drafts and also I was watching the World Series and also this and also that. But you know what? Sunday nights, it's just my sacred family time, right? always making excuses. Oh man, you know what? I would come help you, uh, move that, uh, move that refrigerator or, or maybe move those trees or something like that. But gosh, you know what? My, my back's just, a, it's just a little sore, you know, it's sore from all the nothing that I did all this week, but gosh, darn it, it's sore. Or they make sure to not respond to your text asking for help until after they know that you've already gotten help, right? That's kind of like a future tense excuse maker. You don't want those guys right? Which, but guys, there are times when you have literal excuses. Like right now I just had surgery last week. So I've got a group of guys that they, they need to move dirt from one part of this dude's yard from to another part of a dude's yard. It's going to be a group of guys with shovels and, you know, uh, buckets and, you know, oh, gosh, what am I, the wheelbarrows and all those different things. Like they're going to be moving this dirt from one place to another, but I can't lift anything above 10 pounds for the next three weeks. Right? So that's a pretty darn good excuse. But if every time something like that comes up, I'm like, oh, well, I can't really be there because of this. Or, man, I kind of went out last night, so my wife uh, won't really be not, uh, happy if I go out again. You don't want a lot of those guys around. You don't want an excuse maker. Another thing that you don't want in your foxhole is you don't want a settler. You don't want a guy that just settles, right? The good enough guy, right? Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm in good enough shape. I, I You know, I'm probably okay. I work out one or two times a week. I, I'm, I'm okay. Man, you know what? I read a book two years ago. That's probably all right right? I mean, it was a pretty good book. I can't remember the author and I don't really remember what happened inside of it, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was good. Ah, man, you know what? I, I'd probably run a little bit farther, but yeah, it's just not, ah, it just kind of is what it is. I feel pretty good about where I'm at. You know, I'd come to jujitsu a couple more times a week and, and try to get better, but you know, I'm okay. I'm okay with being a three-stripe white belt forever. Like it is what it is. Maybe I'll eventually get the lifetime achievement blue belt, but it, it just kind of is what it is. The settler. You don't want that guy that guy in your life. You certainly don't want a bunch of them because when you're surrounded by settlers, you're going to respond in two different ways. One, you're going to constantly try to outpace them and make sure that you're above them, which is great. Or you're going to acquiesce to their way of doing things. Yeah. You know what? I you know, I could do a, an extra run this week, but I think I'd rather not, you know, I could actually set a goal to read a certain number of books this year, but you know, I think it'd be better if I just maybe took it easy, right? Oh man, maybe I should just listen to my body. I feel a little sore, a little bit tired. So I think I'm just not going to work out this month, right? That type of person. You don't want that person in your foxhole. Another type of person that you don't want in your foxhole is an addict, right? An addict. And that can go in a lot of different ways. But one thing before I really go into this any further, that doesn't mean that if you got, have a guy around you that has an addiction problem, that you should just cut him off. Not, not from the outset, not from the very beginning anyway, right? But when you're constantly surrounded by addicts, so let, let's talk about addictions. Maybe they're addicted to pornography. Maybe they're addicted to masturbation. Maybe they're addicted to sex with anything and everything and anyone. Maybe they're addicted to substances. They're addicted to opioids. They're addicted to tobacco. They're di- addicted to alcohol. Uh, they're addicted to lying. They're addicted to their work. They're addicted to certain people in their life. Like take addiction, whatever way that you want to go. Okay. People that have vices like that, that are so strong and have so much control over them that they're actually controlling their life. You don't want a lot of guys like that in your foxhole. Again, you're going to have guys in your life that have addictions that need to be addressed. And that's a good place for them to be addressed is in your foxhole. But you can't have a guy that has been 
addicted to alcohol for the last five years and he's still addicted today. At a certain point, you got to get that guy out or you got to get that guy serious help because coming and talking to your group of guys once a week or once a month or once a quarter or once a year isn't doing it. Clearly, you can't have that guy in your foxhole. And we'll get more a little, a little bit into that later about how do you get a guy like that out. Okay, then last, another thing that you want, there's two more, uh, a guy, a type of guy that you don't want in your foxhole is a womanizer. You don't want a womanizer in your foxhole. And for some of you guys, I'm talking to you. You're the guy that's constantly looking at the waitress's butt when they're walking away. You're the guy that is like, oh, oh no, we're, we're having another meeting at Hooters, right? I, I mean, I didn't pick the restaurant. Oh, oh, you want to meet me at Twin Peaks for a drink right after work? Sure, I guess I'll do that, right? You just kind of constantly are ending up in those situations, right? It's almost like it just happens, right? You're the guy that can't go to the beach without undressing literally every woman with your eyes. You're the guy that is constantly cheating on your wife. Ooh, that one hurt a little bit, didn't it? You're the guy that is constantly cheating on their wife, constantly making kind of these second life sacrifices where you're sacrificing your family and your spouse and the covenant you made before God ah, just because you're not really being fulfilled sexually by your wife or whatever excuse that you make. I don't think I got to explain that much further to realize that you don't want a guy like that in your foxhole because for a lot of us guys, we struggle in that area, right? We struggle at looking at females. We, we struggle when we look at other women. It's hard for us to go online because, you know, maybe we're going to be tempted to look at some different things. And when you're constantly around guys that are making off-color comments about women, you don't want that in your foxhole. You don't want guys that are constantly making off-color comments about the women that are around them, about other people's wives, about other, you know, those types of things. Those are seeds that get planted in your brain and man, do they sprout quickly, Right. Because for some people, it takes a little comment, right? You know, maybe you're all sitting at a bar watching UFC fight or something like that. And a girl walks by on her way to her table or the bathroom or something like that. And one guy just goes, "Woo, she's healthy. And then all of a sudden, the other five guys at the table, they want to look too. I wonder who's healthy. I wonder what my buddy meant by healthy. Oh, well, clearly she looks healthy, right? It, it takes one little comment. That's a little seed that is planted, fertilized and grows and it just sprouts immediately. So if you've got a lot of guys like that around, isn't it going to be harder for you to, to maintain good control over your eyes to, to keep lust at bay? You don't want a lot of guys like that around you. And the last thing is this, you don't want a bum, a bum, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. Just lazy. They just never want to do anything. Everything is too much effort, right? They would rather just sit and veg. The number one thing that they want to do with their entire lives is vegging out. That's all they want to do. And if you get between them and vegging out, they don't really want to be around you that much. You don't want bums around, guys. So again, just kind of run down this list. You don't want a pussy, a complainer, an excuse maker, a settler, an addict, a womanizer, or a bum. You don't want these guys in your foxhole. But now for some of you guys right now that you're thinking through this, you're thinking about your community. You're thinking about the guys that are around you. You're like, okay, those are the types of guys I don't need to have. Here are some types of guys that I do need to have. But you know, maybe I only have one or two of those guys in my life. How do I find, how do I find more? How do I find more guys to be in my foxhole? So here's a few places that you need to look. The first one is kind of duh, but it's your family. Okay. Some of you guys still live maybe in your hometown or you live where you're around a bunch of family. So think about your brothers, your cousins, you know, your, your uncles and, and the people like that, you might find foxhole guys there, but typically what I've found for most people is family members are members of their foxhole that they wish weren't there. They don't really want their brother in their foxhole. Their cousins are idiots. 
right? Their, their dad's a moron or, or was never there or something like that. So that's kind of something that's interesting. But for, for some of you, you have a completely different story. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm tighter with my brothers than I am with anybody. Or man, like my second cousin is like a brother to me. You know, it's something like that. So that's a good place to look for foxhole guys, family. The second, and, and this is one that I need to tell you that you kind of need to proceed with a little bit of caution is your church. Now, why would I say proceed with caution? Because as I go back to that list of things that you don't want in guys that are in your foxhole, pussies, complainers, excuse makers, settlers, addicts, womanizers, and bums, you can find a lot of those in churches. Like a lot of them. Now, to be fair, you can find a lot of those places or types of guys just about anywhere. But I see that especially true with a lot of guys in church. And that's not just because, oh, that's the church you went to or oh, that's the church that you were raised in. No, it's because I've seen it a lot. I've been to a lot of different churches. I've been a visitor. I've went and spoke. You see a lot of that in a lot of guys. But there are some diamonds in the rough at most churches. Again, churches aren't the place where it's kind of this bastion of masculinity and testosterone for the most part. But you can find some foxhole guys there. It's absolutely possible. So you should certainly look there. Another place is to look at a jujitsu academy. I've talked about jujitsu all the time. And again, no matter where you're listening to this, there's probably a jujitsu gym within 30 minutes of where you're at right now, wherever you're listening to this, there's probably one within 30 minutes. Now, does that mean it's going to be a world-class? Does that mean it's going to be Atos or 10th planet or something like that? It doesn't mean it's going to be that, but at the same time, like those are great places to find foxhole guys. Because as I told you before, when I've done two entire podcasts of just about jujitsu, one, when I got my blue belt and one after I'd been training for six months. But when you go, when you, when you go to a jujitsu academy, you're seeing these guys often, right? You're seeing them all the time, perhaps three, four, five times a week. You're watching, you're literally watching these guys make improvements. You're watching them, you know, get belted up, right? They went from blue belt to purple belt. You're watching them get better, man. They used to have a terrible guard. Now their, their guard is absolutely and completely astonishing, right? And, and usually people that are going to jujitsu, these are guys that are striving, right? These are guys that are really wanting to get better. And these are guys that found something that is incredibly difficult physically and mentally like jujitsu, but they're going to do it. They're going to pay you money to teach them how to get better. And while they're getting better at this physical activity, they're going to be getting better at life. So that's a great place to find foxhole guys. That's where I found most of mine, right? And the fourth thing is, it's just your gym, right? So whether you go to a CrossFit box or you you go to just Gold's Gym or, you know, you, you know, work out with a few guys in your neighborhood, whatever the situation is, that's typically a good place to find foxhole guys as well. For a lot of the same reasons I talked about with the jujitsu academy, right? As you know, even, even the dude bros at the gym, maybe those are guys that would be good to have in your foxhole. Maybe they could have a good impact on you and you can have a good impact on them. Who knows? There are social clubs, right? So some of you guys, uh, you know, graduated from college and you were in fraternities, but your fraternity has a local chapter that still gets together. Maybe it's an alumni group. Maybe it's a chamber of commerce, something like that, but it's a social club. That's a good place to work. What about work, right? So regardless if you work in an office or work out in the field or whatever situation may be, you own a business. Those are good places to look for foxhole guys. Maybe those are people that you work with or that work for you, or maybe you're in a business that allows you to interact with other people at other businesses quite often. That's a great place to look, right? That's a great place to look for foxhole guys. And guys, those aren't the only places to look, but I'm just telling you for a lot of you guys are like, oh, there's no guys in my life that I can, you know, do life with or blah, 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 or something like that. It's just because you're not looking. Like, just think about it. You've probably heard about this. Like if you get a particular kind of a dog or probably a car is a better example. So you get a brand new Chevy Silverado right? And then all of a sudden you notice every brand new Chevy Silverado in town, which is before you didn't even think about it, 
right? But as soon as you got the car, you started looking for it. It's like you identified something in your brain that would like catch it every time that that would go through or go past your eyes, right? The same thing happens with this. If you put something in your brain, if I were to tell you right now, I said, hey, hey, I need you to give a high five to everybody wearing a red shirt today. I'll give you 20 bucks if you give a high five to everybody wearing a red shirt. All of a sudden in your brain, you've got this filter that everybody wearing a red shirt is getting a high five. And in order to get a high five, they've, they've got to be seen by me. So I need to be able to make sure I recognize it when I'm seeing them. And so your brain's like completely turned on to the color red when it comes to shirts for that day. I know it's a silly example, but I'm just trying to make it clear for you guys. That's how you find foxhole guys. You have to be looking for them and you have to go to where they are. Okay. And, and I want to talk a little bit more about, I I talked about a little bit earlier. I teased it, but how to kick bums out of your foxhole. Okay. So let's say you have a guy that is, maybe they're a pussy, a complainer, an excuse maker, a settler, an addict, a womanizer, a bum, or something else that's worse. There's kind of a, a way that I think is appropriate for you to get that person out of your foxhole. Okay. There's four things that you need to do and you need to do these things in order. The first thing is you need to confront that person. Okay. So let's say, let's just use the womanizer as an example. Cause I think that's an easy one. Cause most of us have those guys in our lives. So this is a person that is married with children, but they're constantly making comments about uh, other women. They're constantly trying to pick up on women, whatever the situation might be. You should confront that person. That's number one, confront them and say, Hey, look, you're being sinful right now. This is not a way that we're supposed to act. This is certainly not something that I want to see uh, whenever I hang out with you. I think you're a great dude. Uh, I think you've done some wonderful things in my life. And I feel like I've had a good impact on you, but this is something, this is maybe a blind spot that I need to help you with, right? So you, you confront them. The second thing is, is that you need to challenge them. Okay. So womanizer example. Hey man, I know it's really difficult, uh, with, with, with where you work and really difficult with, with where we are. But, um, I want to challenge you to the next five times that you're tempted to look at a, at a girl, you're tempted to look at her boobs or look at her butt as she's walking away or whatever the situation is. I challenge you to just bounce your eyes. Just, just think of a basketball and bounce your eyes somewhere else. Just the next five times, right? Just see how that goes. And then if you do it five times, try it five times more and, and see if it gets easier for you. Hey, here's a scripture, second Corinthians 10, five right? You know, you memorize that scripture, right? So every time that you're tempted to think about a woman, every time you're you're tempted to, you know, masturbate, thinking about that girl that you saw earlier in the restaurant, right? Every time you're tempted to do that, just repeat that scripture in your brain, right? Just, just repeat it, challenge them. Okay. So after you've confronted them, you challenge them. And the next thing you need to do is if they're not making any changes or if they blow you off, you need to create distance. You need to create some distance with that person. Maybe the next time they ask you to go hang out at the bar, you say, nah, man, uh, I, I can't go tonight, right? Just create a little bit of distance. Maybe when they come up to you at work and they're like, hey, what's up, man? How was your weekend? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, man, it was cool. It was cool, man. I got, I got to roll. Just create a little bit of distance. Don't be a jerk about it. But at the same time, be very, very upfront, right? Create some distance. And the last thing, after you've confronted them, after you've challenged them, after you've created some distance and they're still not making any changes, at that point, they're a problem directly for you. You need to cut them off. So confront, challenge, create distance, cut off. Now, when you cut someone off, there's a couple of ways that you can do that. You can cut them off directly and you can cut them off indirectly. So the indirect way is you've created a little bit of distance. Now you're going to create a lot of distance. Okay. You're, you're not going to hang around that person anymore. You're not really going to talk to them. You'll say hi to them and shake their hand in public. But at the same time, you're not going to be around that person. If you show up somewhere and they're there, nope, you're out, right? You got to protect yourself. You got to protect your foxhole. But then the direct way is you go up to them again. You say, Hey buddy, 
Um, I confronted you a while back about how you're womanizing and how that's a problem for you. And it's also a problem for me. I challenged you, you ignored my challenge or you did it for a little bit and you stopped doing it. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've tried to create a little bit of distance between us because again, I've, I've got to protect myself and I got to protect my ability to watch my eyes. And, and you're just too much of a temptation. You, you caused me to be tempted too much. And, and brother, I just got to tell you, uh, I just can't be around you anymore. It just is what it is. And maybe they'll, you know, hoot and holler and get all mad. Maybe they'll just stick their finger in your chest. Maybe they'll do something like that. Just be like, hey, man, it is what it is. It doesn't have to be any more dramatic than this. I've got to protect myself and I've got to protect my soul and I've got to protect my relationships. And what you're doing right now is is getting in the middle of that. Oh, man, you're just judging. And I don't know. I don't talk to you about your stuff and blah, blah. Again, those are all good examples of somebody that you don't want to be around. So just wade through the storm of bull crap that they're going to be throwing in your face. And just move on. Just move on. So that's how you kick bums out of your foxhole. Okay. Now, for some of you, you've kind of gotten to this point. You're still listening in. You're like, okay, I've got a couple of guys in my foxhole, right? I got some guys that I'm going to go after and maybe invite to kind of do something or whatever. Well, well now what? Because I've gotten that question as well. So, so I've got my group of guys, but what do we do now? Like, do we get t-shirts? Do we get matching leather vests? Or like, do we get patches to put on our backpack? Like, what do we do now? You might do some of that. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but there's probably some more pragmatic and practical things that you guys should do once you've got your foxhole. The first thing is, duh, meet weekly. Weekly. Again, if you're not meeting often, that's not your foxhole. I mean, I I would even venture to say, if you're meeting once a month, That would be okay, but just think about it. If you can't make it to that meeting that month, you've missed two months now. If that happens three times in a year, you've seen those guys three times, right? Like, you know, you've seen those guys three times, maybe seen them a few times here or there. You've got to meet weekly. You've got to absolutely see these guys weekly. So whatever that looks like for you, whether that's getting together, you know, to have drinks, whether that's having cigars on one of your back porches, whether that's training jujitsu, like what my crew does, whatever that, whatever that means, do it weekly. Okay. The second thing is do stuff. I know it's like otherworldly advice, right? Do stuff. The thing about guys is guys connect shoulder to shoulder, not in a circle. That's what women do. But when guys connect shoulder to shoulder and they do something together, then they can circle up and talk about it. That's how guys are from hunter-gatherer cultures. The hunters weren't sitting around in a circle talking about how cool the hunt was going to be that day and what their feelings were about the hunt, right? They went out and did the hunt shoulder to shoulder, and once they made the kill, then they circled up and talked about it, right? You know, giving each other crap, busting each other's balls, that's kind of what they do. But they're doing stuff. That's what we are. We are doing animals. We should be doing stuff. So do stuff with these guys, right? So maybe that's, maybe you're doing like a service project in your community. Maybe there's, you know, tornado that just ripped through and you're getting your crew of guys together and you're going to go help cut down tree limbs because you got three or four chainsaws between you guys. You know, maybe it's that you're doing jujitsu once a week. Maybe it's that you're doing a Bible study, like whatever the situation might be, but you're actually doing stuff. Don't just hang out, right? And guys, a UFC fight and a football game may be okay, but that's not actually doing stuff. I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things. You should absolutely get around those group of guys and have something centralized that you're watching, but make sure that you're doing stuff with that group. Okay. Another thing that you should do, this is a suggestion, is go on an adventure at least once a year and define adventure in any way that your group decides to do an adventure. Some of you, the adventure might be going on, you know, the bourbon trail in Kentucky. For some of you, it might be a hiking, camping trip in Colorado. For others of you, it might be a road trip. For others of you, it might be something that you do where you all train together for six months and then you all go do a warrior dash together. Whatever the situation might be, go on an adventure. 
just you guys, just the foxhole once a year, just once a year. Get your wife on board, get your boss on board, whatever needs to happen for you to actually get away for two or three days or for a week or whatever the situation may be, go on an adventure. Just you guys, not the wives, not the kids, not the, not the extended family, just you guys. At least once a year, you can make that happen. The other thing that you should look at in terms of how you do your foxhole is do life together. Actually do life together. Now, what that means is the guys that are in your foxhole, they should be ingrained in your families right? For some of you guys, they're ingrained to an extreme degree, right? And almost to, and I mean extreme in the best way possible. So for some of you guys, you've got guys in your life that can discipline your children for you. So maybe you're out of town and and they're watching your kids or something like that, or you're all out together and they see your kid do something and they correct the child and you're completely okay with it. You have no problems with it whatsoever. But at the same time, how are you going to notice if a guy's if a guy's not telling you about it, if he's having trouble with his wife? If you don't really know his wife, if you can't pick up on nonverbal signals, well, it's because you're not doing life together. You're not going out to eat. You're not having them over for, you know, having the entire family over for a UFC or for a football game or, or for something like that. It's just different, right? You're not doing life together. And that's part of being around each other often. That's why I say at least weekly. But if you're not actually doing life, you're going to miss out on opportunities to help people, right? The next thing, and this is a word that I know you guys hate, you got to be vulnerable, right? I know that makes a lot of you guys uncomfortable, but if you've got a foxhole, you've got to be vulnerable, you, right? Now you can demand vulnerability of everybody else around you, but you've got to be vulnerable, right? You've got to be able to say, guys, I'm really having trouble putting the bottle down. It's, I thought I had it under control, but I just don't. Hey guys, you know what? Uh, I just, I can't have Instagram anymore. Because, you know, I keep getting, you know, these messages, these DMs from these porn sites, and I I just can't, I can't delete them. Hey, man, you know, I just, I've been really lazy at work. Like, I just, it's not that my, my, you know, job is on the line or anything like that, but I just, I don't know if it's, I'm not motivated, but I'm just like, I'm certainly not, you know, treating my job as if I'm working for the Lord. Just be vulnerable. Now, don't be the guy that's constantly blubbering about your problems, like have some self-respect, but at the same time, don't act like you got it all together. That's kind of the point of being in that group is because you're all jacked up. You're all messed up dudes, but you're all going to go through and you're going to be messed up dudes. And you're going to do it shoulder to shoulder. You're going to go through life. You're going to, you're going to try to improve. You're going to strive. You're going to make it better. You're going to fix it. Whatever the situation is, you got to be vulnerable. And the last thing is never stop pushing one another. Never stop pushing one another. So for some of you guys, maybe you've already got a foxhole. Maybe this is all, these are all just kind of moot points for you. But your group's just been stagnant for several years. Now, when you get together, you kind of do the same stuff. You kind of have the same conversations. It's the same people. Like whatever the situation is, you get real comfortable. You're just not pushing each other anymore. That's a little bit of a problem, right? Because again, you should be meeting weekly. You should be doing stuff. You should go on adventures. You should do life. You should make sure that you're vulnerable. But at the same time, it can't be the same thing over and over. Don't do the same workout every week. Don't read the same books every year. Don't go to the same types of movies. Don't, you know, gather together for the same thing. And I'm not against tradition. So if your tradition is to get together for every Super Bowl and do, you know, like a pie eating contest, like, I don't care, just do something, but you should be pushing one another. So one thing that I notice in my group, and and I'm certainly going to talk to the group about this uh, whenever I can kind of work, work out again. But one thing that I've noticed in, in my particular group, since working out is a central point of our group, is that a lot of guys are not improving physically. 
And I don't mean like, oh, they're not getting an extra row, six pack, or, you know, they're not, you know, doing this or doing that. But guys struggle with the same workouts every week. So whether we're doing, you know, one of my workouts or whether we're doing, you know, a circuit or whatever the situation is, or maybe when we're rolling at the end of class or something like that, they're always tired at the same time. They're always taking breaks at the same time. Okay. It's because they've settled. So it means one of two things. They're not pushing hard enough once they're in the class or they're not pushing hard enough when they leave. So if the only hard workout you do is once a week when, when our group meets, you're not doing it right. You should be working out in between Sundays, right? So that's a place that I can help push these guys. That's 100% a place that I can help push them. But then there have been other times where there are guys in our group that are a little bit more intellectual. They can help push a lot of guys mentally. There was one guy that kept coming to our group who would never get the book. So here we are talking about the book and kind of, you know, the understood rules that if you're going to be a part of this group, you got to read the book right? And he just never would read the book. And so one guy in our group, I love him. He just, he just bought the guy the book the next time said, Oh, here's your book. I know she didn't have the last several books. So I just went ahead and got this one for you. That's a really, really good way of pushing someone. The guy doesn't have any excuses now, at least for this book. Maybe he'll have some excuses with the next one, but it just kind of is what it is. We should always be pushing one another. So guys, I hope these last 40 minutes or so have been helpful for you. Um, it's something that's really, really important to me that guys be in community with one another. But another thing that I've kind of been asked about is, you know, Kyle, you know, you seem like you got a lot of different guys in your crew and they, they know a lot of different things. Like, so I've, I've spent a lot of time as I was preparing this podcast, thinking about my foxhole, right? And so I want to describe in detail the guys that are in my foxhole, right? I mean, I'm not going to spend 10 minutes on each one of them. It'll be fairly quick, but these are the types of guys that I've chosen to be in my foxhole. And, and some of these guys just happen to be in my foxhole and I, and my life is better because they're there. Right. And so as I was thinking through these guys, I know for most of you listening, you don't know who these guys are. So I'll use their first names, but I'm going to use their first name in a, in a descriptor, right. You know, something that helps describe who they are and kind of what I view as their element and what they bring to the group is. Okay. So the first person is Russ, the ringleader. Okay. So Russ is the guy that I've talked about a lot on this podcast, but every Sunday night they've gotten together at seven o'clock to read books, work out and do jujitsu. And he started that 10 years ago. I've been rolling with this crew for about three years, right? And I mean, we've had some great improvements, um, in, in my life and in the things that I've been able to do only being with this crew for about three years, but he's the guy that started it. Okay. He's the guy that typically runs the, the, he runs a discussion. He'll, uh, you know, set up the workout. If, if I'm not doing it, he'll also uh, do the teaching once we get to jujitsu, right? He's the most experienced out of all of us when it comes to jujitsu, right? He's the ringleader. Most of the communication for the group rolls through him. Almost every decision for this particular group rolls through him. Even when it's something that happens outside this group, he's usually the center point for communication, the, the majority of the time that we're watching a UFC fight or something like that, it's either at his house or my house, right? But he's kind of a center point, right? Most of these guys know each other because they knew Russ first, right? So Russ is the ringleader. Next, I've got Adam, the host, Adam, the host. So this is a guy that the first time I met him, uh, we were doing kind of this man day thing. And the first event of the day was basically a skeet shooting competition. And he was a guy that was kind of, you know, Hey everybody, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, now I want to do a little bit of a safety training for everybody. Show you how to use the guns. If you've never used a shotgun before, it's all good. That's why we're here. Blah, blah, blah. He was just, he's that guy. But also whenever a guy in our crew or a guy kind of in our extended crew gets married or is about to have their first kid, 
He makes sure to get everybody together. He, he's got this great, gorgeous house and this big shop out on some land. He has guys there, and, and they kind of do like an event where they're all kind of doing just guy stuff and, you know, throwing darts and shooting arrows and, you know, hitting golf balls and just, you know, doing jujitsu and having good food. But he's all, he's the one that's hosting right? When people are showing up, he's in my Sunday school as well. Like when people show up to Sunday school and they've never been there before, or when people show up to our Sunday night crew and they haven't been there before, like he's usually one of the first ones to extend his hand and say, hello. Hey, thanks so much for coming. Hey, what, what brought you in today? That, that type of thing. It's just who he is. He's a host. He's a very warm host and he's very good at it, right? You, you know, those people, when, when you go to their house, you know, you're not going to need or want for anything, right? These people have thought of everything. They've got the water where they need it. They got the whiskey where it needs to be. The food's going to be ready on time. There's going to be plenty of it. There's going to be plenty of activities. Every year he does a man day, like a man competition where it's like all those things I described earlier, uh, you know, but there's even like a little jujitsu tournament. There's like a little skeet shooting contest, a closest to the pin thing, like a little dunk contest. There's just things he's, he's constantly thinking of how he can be a host. So a good group usually has a host. Next guy in our crew is JC, the consistent JC, the consistent. So the thing with this guy is when I say consistency, I mean that in just about every way you could possibly mean that. So this guy shows up every Sunday, almost every Sunday. So he's consistently there. Also, when he works out, he consistently gives effort, right? When we get to where we're actually rolling, this is a guy that has a a pretty good wrestling background. So he's consistent in his wrestling effort. Here's another thing. He's consistently has a good attitude. He's, he's listening consistently to whatever lesson that we're doing. He's consistently giving feedback the, the, the feedback is consistently positive and consistency, consistently good for the group, right? I'm going to last time I'm going to say that word. I'm getting tongue tied with it now. But the thing about it is, is that guy is, he's just there and he's, he's very good about making sure that his presence is felt without being overwhelming at the same time. And so every group has to have guys like that as well. Guys that are just consistent. They're just there right? And, and they're, they're constantly a positive center for a lot of different things. So JC, the consistent, then we have Jermaine, the athlete. Okay. So this is that guy that will just piss you off with how easy everything is to him athletically, whether it's running, jumping, wrestling, grappling, everything that has to do with anything athletic. That is who Jermaine is. But at the same time, this guy isn't cocky about it. Because we all grew up with athletes. Maybe you were the athlete that you were good at everything and you made sure everybody knew about it. This guy is going to be the first guy to change the subject when you start talking about how good a shape he's in or how, you know, good he is at a particular thing. But he's just an incredible, incredible athlete. So having a guy like that in your crew, like it's not just if your crew goes up against another crew, it's like, all right, well, we got a ringer here, but it's deeper than that. This is a guy that you can look to and be like, okay, if I want to know what good form is, this is a guy that's going to show me because his form is incredible. And here's another guy that you're going to look at. You're going to strive. You're going to strive to be like him, right? And here's the thing is Jermaine is blessed. He is a blessed athlete in a lot of different ways. So there's a lot of things that he does that you literally just can't do. You simply cannot do. But it doesn't mean that you can't learn from him. It doesn't mean you can't learn from his footwork. It doesn't mean you can't learn from you know his style when he does a certain thing. So having a guy like that, great to have in your crew. Then we got Sam the coach. Sam the coach. So Sam is a very, very accomplished wrestler, Olympic level wrestler, but at the same time, he coaches college wrestling. This is that type of guy. Everything about him is coach right? And those are those guys that you just know growing up, you probably had a lot of those coaches. They were born to be a coach. They were born to teach people the things that they know. So when this guy shows up, it's it's so easy to default to him because he knows what he's talking about. 
So if someone asks me, hey, Kyle, how do you shoot a double leg takedown? I'm going to feel like a complete boob if he's anywhere near me, right? Because he's the coach. Now, if he's not around, I, I got a decent double leg, so I'll be able to teach you what I know about it. But he's the guy that's not only going to be able to teach you the same thing that I would be able to teach you, but he's going to give you all the nuances, right? And he's going to give you, and he's going to give you deeper levels of, okay, this is when you shoot this particular takedown. This is the type of guy. This is where you want his body position to be. He's that type of guy, but he's just a coach. I've even seen him in Sunday school because this guy's in my Sunday school as well. He's even coaching whenever we're having open discussion right? He's bringing out ideas that are maybe a little bit beyond him or maybe a little bit beyond us, but he's bringing it out there and he's just kind of throwing it out there, right? Which is something a good coach does. A coach is going to teach you how to do things. They're going to drive you, but at the same time, they're going to get you to think. They're going to get you to wonder, right? So having a coach, having someone that's really good at a particular thing or a lot of different things, or just has that coaching mentality, that's a great person to have around. Then we've got Rocky, the positive, Rocky the positive. So this is one of those guys whose positivity is almost infuriating. (laughs) Like, okay, you may not realize this about me. And for those of you that do know me, maybe you don't even realize that I I tend to be more pessimistic in my personality. That's just kind of how I roll. I'm wired that way. But he is wired the complete opposite. He's positive about everything, freaking everything. It's so annoying. Like, but at the same time, I'm like, ah, man, I want some of that. Like, I wish he could bottle that up and sell it because I'd, you know, be a monthly subscriber to have that kind of stuff. But he's so positive. He's positive about the things that are going on in his life that might be negative. He's positive about the performance of people when they're in the room. He's positive with his interactions. He's positive with his feedback when we're talking about a particular book. Um, We were doing a particularly brutal workout here a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago. He was the guy that was like, you know, I'm I'm the driver, right? I'm the coach. Like, guys, let's go, let's go, let's go. Push, push, push. But he was getting there a lot of times before me. He's like, come on, guys, you got this. You know, 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds. He's just positive. He's, he's literally the guy that, you know, on our camping trip, he was the guy that like, he's going to take the stuff off of your back and put it on his back, right? If it's going to make your trip a little bit better, he's going to do that. And I told you about my quote when I uh, did that podcast called, you know, I think it was, I will not die on this mountain or something like that. But he's the type of guy that's just like, well, if someone's not having a good time, then none of us are having a good time. So he's the guy that has his pulse on that. He has his pulse on, Hey man, this guy's getting a little bit bogged down. This guy's getting a little bit negative. We need to bring him back up. We need to cheer him up. He's that guy. Amazing guy to have in the crew. The next guy is Vinny, the challenger, Vinny, the challenger. So this is a guy that is incredibly uh, advanced intellectually. Uh, He's a college professor, but also he's well-read. He does a lot of thinking on different areas. But there are people that have that level of intellect, that have that level of knowledge, and they're jerks about it. So their role in every group is to be right, right? They know the answer to the trivia question. They know what you should have done with your kids there. They know what book you should have given to your child when they turned 14 years old. They're that person. Vinny's not that. He uses his intellect to challenge. So if he senses that the discussion in the group is all going to one direction, he's going to be the guy that says, well, have you ever thought about it this way? So he will take the devil's advocate position. He will, he will look at those different areas, but he's always trying to push. Even if he agrees with you, he's going to intellectually challenge you, right? And so that's a great guy to have in the group for the exact thing that I just described is everybody's going one direction. We don't want groupthink to happen. You need challengers. You need people that are going to shake things up. That's exactly who Vinny is. And then we've got Beard the Brain. 
Beard the brain. So again, it's kind of like Vinny, very, very intellectually advanced person. This guy's an engineer. He breaks everything down to an extreme degree. It's almost, it's mind numbing to someone like me that just isn't that intellectual. But when packing for a camping trip, he's, he's breaking it down by the ounces. When doing a jujitsu uh, move or learning a, a new position or something like that, he's looking at the angles of the body and seeing where fulcrums are and how he can put pressure down here and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But he's an incredibly thoughtful person right? Now, sometimes he's too much in his own head and it keeps him from moving. But when you're that intellectual, that's probably the number one thing that you're going to have to reckon with is, ah, you know, I want to get this thing a hundred percent done before I get it out the door. Whereas some people are like, ah, let's get it about 80, 85% done and get it out the door. But he's so thoughtful and he's so intellectual. It's a good person to give a challenge to. So I've had him take a look at a bunch of things that we've done with this ministry. And I literally just like, it's like giving a dog a bone. I'm just like, Hey, Will you, will you look at this and tell me what you think? Dude, just be prepared for the responses because he's going to look at it and he's going to tell you what he thinks and he's probably going to have notes and he's going to give them to you in that way. He's going to give you honest feedback, right? He's a great guy to have in the group because if you got something complicated going on, he's probably the one that can wrap his mind around it. But also if you give him a challenge, he's actually going to break it down in a way that he thinks is going to be helpful for you. Great dude to have in the group. Then we've got Ryan the present. Ryan, the present. And I mean, present in the sense of presence. Okay. So this is going to be similar to what I was talking about with JC earlier in terms of being consistent, but Ryan is just there. Okay. Now this might seem like, oh, so he's just present. That's all that's good about him. It's like, no, no, no. His presence is a present, right? I'm pretty sure I stole that from like Kanye West or something like that, but his presence is a present because when you're there and you're that consistent, we can count on you. So he may not be the one that's always piping up during discussion. He may not be the one that's, you know, always performing the best during the workout, but he's there. He's constantly there. You can depend on Ryan to be there, right? And I'm not going to get into any of his his personal life or something like that, but he's had a little bit of a rough go of it in his personal life in the last year or so. But there are groups that he could have easily said, "Ah, I'm not going to show up to this group anymore because it just doesn't make sense anymore. He shows up. He's there. He's present. He's, he's just going to be there and you've got to have guys in the group that are just present. They're just there. Next guy is Mike, the grinder, Mike, the grinder. So Mike is the type of guy that he's going to be there. He's going to be consistent. He's going to be positive. He's going to be all those things, but I've never seen anyone grind as hard while they're working out. Right? So this is a guy that's in pretty good shape. He's not in an elite level shape, but he's in pretty good shape, but he's just grinding every workout, every roll. He's, ah, he's just gritting his teeth and he's going. I remember, uh, here recently he actually broke his collarbone and he, I don't think he missed a week, right? Like he just kept showing up and whatever he could do, he would do. He was going to show up with his arm in a sling. He was going to talk during the discussion. He was going to grit his way through the workout. He was going to do anything that he could do. There were a lot of times I had to be like, Hey, Mike, freaking take it easy. No, you don't need to be doing that right now. Like your shoulder's not ready. Like your collarbone's not ready. Just chill out. But he's just a grinder, man. He, he's just gritty and you got to have some grit in your group. Then we've got Landon, the quiet. Okay. Landon, the quiet. Now this is a guy that has a background in the military. He was a Marine. Um, but this is a guy that, that comes very, very often. Uh, he's a, a physically large guy, but the thing that is, whenever I was thinking about Landon, like what, what would I say would be kind of the first thing is he's just quiet. And I mean that in a lot of different ways. Okay. So when we're doing our discussion as a group, he might, uh, he might throw his two cents in once a month, right? 
So, you know, we're meeting four different times and he might, you know, get into the discussion one time. Now, if you were a, you know, just an outside observer, you might think, oh, that guy's quiet or he has nothing to add or something like that. But when you've been around him for a long time, he speaks up when he knows it's necessary. So he's not one of those guys that just talks to hear himself talk or, oh, well, I was quiet for about half a second. I better like jump in. That's kind of like what I do, right? If I, I'm a, I'm a hate silence. So it's like, all right, we need to fill the silence with something. Somebody talk for the love of God. If it has to be me, I'll do it. But Landon just, he'll, he'll pipe up when he needs to. But here's the other thing, whether he's struggling during the workout, which he does sometimes when he's struggling, when we're doing the jujitsu, which he does sometimes, which we all struggle, right? He's not talking about it. He's not going out of his way to, uh, you know, tell everybody on the planet, Hey, I'm having some trouble right now. Hey, I need to, I need to take a little bit of a break. Like he's just not that type of guy. But the other thing that's important is when he's the type of guy that asks for your help, you know, that he means it. And it's because he's not just constantly asking for help. And so he had some stuff that came up in his personal life in the last year or so. And he, he came to the group. He came to a couple of uh, guys in the group to discuss it with. And, and you knew you needed to pipe up and pay attention because he doesn't ask for much. He almost asks for nothing. He doesn't talk very much either. And so when he talks, you listen. And so those are important people to have in the group because if you've got somebody that is not constantly talking, constantly asking for things, constantly complaining, constantly whatever, you know, it's easy to kind of drown that person out. But on the other side, when someone doesn't talk very much at all, you might ignore that person and you don't want to make sure that you don't do that. Then we've got Kaylee, the surprise. Kaylee, the surprise. Okay. So let me tell you a little bit about Kaylee. So Kaylee, if you were to meet him, he's not a guy that's going to overwhelm you, right? He's not going to overwhelm you with his personality. He's not going to overwhelm you with, you know, his performance and athletics. He's, he's just not going to overwhelm you. Right. And so he's the type of guy that has a personality that if you're not paying attention, you might overlook him, right? He's probably spent several parts of his life feeling like he was being overlooked. But here's the thing. I remember in my Sunday school, the first time I taught Sunday school, which uh, almost coincided <laughs> with the last time I taught Sunday school, because I kind of brought this same spirit on this podcast into the Sunday school area, which didn't sit well with everybody, but hey, it is what it is. But I, I challenged every guy in the room. I said, you need to show up, show up on Sunday nights. Just just be there. We're going to train jujitsu. We're, we're going to have a good time and we're going to push each other. And in this room, we've got some guys that are good athletes. We've got some guys that are physically big, physically strong, and none of them showed up. Not a one of them, but Kaylee did the smallest guy in our crew. He shows up and he's there every week. So he was a surprise. I did not expect him to show up. If I, if I did a rundown, a draft of the class and the guys that I thought would show up and the guys that I didn't think would show up, I would have obviously put him on the not going to show up list, but this is a guy that's discovered something. He's discovered something in himself. And he's going to strive and he's going to get better and he's going to fix whatever he needs to fix. And he's going to attach himself to whatever he needs to attach to. But again, I, I always think about that. I was like, dude, why is this guy here? And I mean that positively. It's like he has every excuse not to be here, right? He's got a big family at home. He's, he's got a business that he works for. He's not physically big. And that could be intimidating if you're not into jujitsu, whatever the heck that means. But he's there. Super surprised. Our group is so much better because of him being there. And I just, I just love that. It's the guys that you just never expect that show up. And that's a guy that I don't got to worry about. That's a guy that I know is going to be there, right? Again, he's not going to blow you away. He's not going to overwhelm you, but he's there and it's a surprise and it's awesome. And the last guy I want to talk about in our crew, I, I mean, I just absolutely love this guy. It's Shelby, the stoic. 
Shelby the Stoic. So Shelby is an unbelievably tough guy, collegiate wrestler. Um, you know, obviously you could just tell he had a great relationship with his dad and his brothers growing up, but he's a Stoic. And he's a Stoic in the sense of he's incredibly cerebral, but also he's not going to show a ton of emotion. He kind of stays in his zone. He's not too high up. He's not too far down. And I kind of have a running joke with him. Uh, There was a long stretch where I was running the workouts every single Sunday. And the thing was, and I told him this, my challenge every Sunday is to make Shelby physically look uncomfortable. Like I want to see discomfort on his face. Like I want to see him grind and grunt. Oh, I don't know if I can get through. And so far I'm batting zero. Right? He just, he just doesn't do it. And one day I kind of went up to him and I told him that I was like, dude, I'm going to today, I'm breaking you today. And he's like, no, you won't. He just smiled at me. Nah, nah, you won't, you won't do that. And the thing was, is he's like, no, nah, man, it's just, you just do the tough face or, or the, or the blank face. Or I forget exactly how he says it, but it's just like, no, you're not going to get that out of me. Like, I'm just going to tough it out. You're never going to make me look tired, but <laughs> that's a great guy to have in the group. Because, because the thing is, is like, especially whenever I run the workouts, the workouts are very, very brutal. They're very, very hard because that's, if we're going to work out, we might as well work out hard, but you can always look at Shelby and be like, ah, okay. I got a little bit more in me. I can do this. Like Shelby's doing this. Like Shelby's tough. You know, I'm going to be tough like Shelby, right? He's just consistently there. He he's the, he's the, the rock that you can anchor yourself to. Like, he's just that person. He is, he's really a rock inside this group. There's a lot of these guys are rocks, but he's a rock in a very, very specific way. Because a lot of the things uh, about these other guys that are awesome, Shelby has a lot of those things. He's consistent. He's a great athlete. He's a coach. He coaches little kids wrestling. He's, he's positive overall. He's going to challenge people. He's very smart. He's going to grind. Like that's just kind of who this guy is. But the other thing about him is he's, he is very, very cerebral. He's unbelievably well-read. I consider myself to be a well-read guy. And every time I bring up a book that I don't think anyone's read before, he's read it twice. I'm like, God, come on, Shelby. Like you got to give me something here. And it's just, He's the guy that's going to send me articles that are going to challenge me. He's the guy that's going to suggest a book. He's the guy that's going to show me this, you know, this Muay Thai clinch and, you know, how you can separate and get to an elbow really quick. He's just that guy. And then, I I mean, you got me. So what is my role in the group, right? I mean, that's a long list of guys and I spent some time getting into that, but what's my role? And so that's something that I was thinking through as I was kind of thinking through our foxholes, you know, what do I bring to the group? And so I kind of have my guesses, but to, to be honest with you, I just, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I don't know if everybody in the group were to come up with, you know, one word that described what, what I meant to the group or what I brought to the group or the element that I brought more so than anybody else. I don't really know what that would be, but it's a good thing to think about, right? It's a good thing to strive for you know, whatever you feel like is the most productive thing. And the thing that would aid the group in the best way, being that thing and being that thing at an extreme degree and making sure that that sword is always sharpened. I mean, that's a cool thing to think about. So again, I spent quite a bit of time describing the guys that are in my crew because one, they're important to me. So if they're listening to this, I want them to know that they're important and that I notice, I notice what they, what they give to the group. But the big thing for you that's listening that don't know any of these guys is to look at, I mean, that's a lot of guys in a crew and look at how different they are. Because here's the deal. If I'm in a room and I look around me and I see Russ, the ringleader, Adam, the host, JC, the consistent, Jermaine, the athlete, Sam, the coach, Rocky, the positive, Vinny, the challenger, Beard, the brain, Ryan, the present, Mike, the grinder, Landon, the quiet, Kaylee, the surprise, and Shelby, the stoic around me, I feel great about where I am. I feel bad for your crew. If you're coming up against my crew, I put my crew up against anybody. And that's a great feeling to have. 
Again, when I say, I keep saying it this way, but when you look to your left and your right and you're excited about the guys that are around you, you have no idea how positive that is. A lot of dudes, the overwhelming majority of dudes don't have anything close to that. And you do. And guys, if you don't fix it, make it happen. Be the ringleader, be the rock, be the host, be something, start it, gather. Cause here's the thing about this group. And Russ started it 10 years ago. It was him and a couple other guys. And they just found a, a guy that's like, yeah, I'll leave the gym open for you guys for an extra 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. Just go in there and roll around. That's where it started. The, the, the goal wasn't to 10 years later, have, have read several dozen books and, you know, improve everyone overall fitness and jujitsu and all this. That wasn't the, the goal. It was just, man, we got to get guys together. That was just one way of doing it. And guys, look, if jujitsu is not your thing and like, you're not a grappler and you don't know how to do any of those things, then fine, pick something else, but enough excuses. You got to have a foxhole start today. All right, guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. And specifically we do that by providing content like this podcast that helps you forge spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So I've got a couple of different things for you today. The first thing is a book by Stephen Mansfield. You've heard me talk about him before, but it's a little like leaflet, like pamphlet, almost thing. You can get it on Kindle or I think you can still get it in a paperback version, but it's called building your band of brothers. Again, from the top, I talked about some people talk about these things in terms of it's your band of brothers or all that. And that's a really good way of thinking about it. Maybe it's your small group, whatever you call it. This is a great resource to kind of give you some different ideas of how you can make those things happen. And yes, this is a little bit sarcastic. I gave you a link to www.google.com. Now, Kyle, why did you give me a link to google.com? Because I want you to type in jujitsu gyms in your area. Okay, maybe you go to the Google app, maybe whatever the situation is, jujitsu, J-I-U-J-I-T-S-U, gyms, or BJJ gyms in your area. For most of you guys, that is the ticket. I promise, I promise. Oh, Kyle didn't wrestle growing up, or I'm not that great of an athlete. It doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Jujitsu for most people is way more mentally difficult than it ever will be physically. I promise you. Oh, well, I don't really want to get hurt. Oh, suck it up. You might get hurt. Who cares? Just deal with it. I'm telling you. If you want to start a foxhole and you don't have one, just go to a jiu-jitsu school and watch what happens. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Google Play and refer your friends to listen. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please take a little bit of time and leave us one and make sure you leave us a few sentences letting us know why you like the content. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the entirety of 2020. So if you want me to speak on your podcast, at your men's event, at your retreat, whatever, hit me up, info at undaunted.life. Again, that's the email, I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Our website is www.undaunted.life undaunted.life and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com backslash undauntedlife. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans and as always we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links are in the description. I'm your host Kyle Thompson. Remember keep cultivating manly resilience Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.